Hello and welcome to Off That Shelf Reviews. I swear, the first person who says this should be called Wyvernslayer gets a slap. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Dragon Slayer, which released in 1981. From writers Hal Barwood and Matthew Robbins, and directed by Matthew Robbins. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows a young sorcerer's apprentice called Galen, played by Peter McNichol. He has been tasked with a quest to go destroy a dragon, which is tormenting a land and taking all of their virgin daughters as feasts for its young. As Galen makes his way along the land with Valerian, played by Caitlin Clark, we realise that the magic that he holds may not just be in the necklace he holds, but in him. Are you afraid of dragons? No. Now, I'm a huge fan of the sword and sorcery genre. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's been so many greats, and then there's been many that have just been forgotten. This is one of them. And I have to say, like, I saw this in my childhood. Yeah. I kind of saw it in my, like, late teens. Mm -hmm. And, uh... And then kind of absolutely forgotten about this one. Yeah. And so now that there's been this fantastic restoration of the film in 4K. Yeah. Just like, it's great to turn around and uh, and see this film again. And uh, it is now, I would say, an absolute cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd never seen this when I was younger. I wish I had. It would have definitely been at least in my top four fucking great sword and sorcery fantasy movies out there. But then again, I didn't even see Beastmaster. This so, is true. You know, I, had to, <laughs> I had some catching up to do. And I loved the way that this kind of looked, the way it sounded. And like I said, I, I know we're going to be talking about wyverns, not dragons, but we're talking about flying reptiles, okay? I don't care how many legs or fucking arms they got. You know, <laughs> they breathe fire, it's a fucking dragon, okay? And you're, you're just watching this imagery really well done. You know, the, the, the empty landscapes, the hillsides, this small delegation heading to this kind of um, kind of keep, I suppose you call it. Not yeah. a castle, but kind of like a keep. And we keep cutting to this wizard sitting in his hut, talking the strange talk and, you know, looking at weird visions. And I heard the guy's voice. And I was like, I fucking know your voice somewhere. It's I, the sound of God. Is, yeah, God, is that you? And I, I you know, obviously, going through the notes, having to look it up, Ralph Richardson who plays Ulrich of Cragenmore just immediately just hit me in the face with the fantasy. And I was just like, God, it's you. <laughs> the Supreme being. The Supreme being from Time Bandit. Absolute it, legendary actor. Yeah. Nobody else could pull off that hat but him. <laughs> right. I was looking, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> but I mean, uh, we also get introduced to Sidney Bromley. <laughs> Is this? Uh, yes, this is Cragamore, and yes, this is the house of Ulrich, and no, he won't see you. Yes. Yeah, you, the moment you hear his voice, I was like, <laughs> he made it! He made he it! He made it! I was like, it's the guy from Neverending Story, and that was the first time that I was like, right, I need to look up this guy. Yeah. I just realised again, he's got a back catalogue of movies, Yeah. You know, and uh, so I'm just like, I need to go back and see some of his older movies, uh, because whenever he's on screen, he's got that voice, yeah. and he's got such a nice charisma about him, I was like, I need to see his early work yeah yeah i like it both of them kind of give this movie the 
uh, I, I don't know, the immediate to, the immediate gravitas that you're kind of watching a sword and sword, a low budget, not hot, big budget kind of sword sort and sword. Sort of mid range budget. I mean, it yeah. was a combination of Disney and Paramount Studios. So it's two big studios really working together on the film yeah. to, I guess, co finance it. But then again, the film also bombed when it came out. So I guess both companies kind of split the difference on the loss. Yeah, well, I mean, it was going up against some kind of great movies in 81 but sword and sorcery was not it i mean obviously conan would appear in a few more years i suppose but you you know you're you're, you're introduced to a, a, as well caitlin clark who plays uh valerian who's the leader of this delegation that has come to find ulrich and ask him to come to their land to defeat the dragon because it's eaten up all the virgins and they're kind of running out of virgins <laughs> no, I think they're just getting sick of it. Yeah, yeah. they're running out. Oh, that, 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 that as well. That as well. And Ulrich's just like, "Yep, man, I, I, I got all my shit. I'll uh, get my apprentice to run upstairs and get all my shit together, and we're gonna head out and kill the dragon." And the apprentice, Galen Brandwarden, played by Peter McNichol. Oh man, you know, I. It's his film debut alongside uh, Caitlin Clark as well. Yeah, like Peter McNichol, the way he's so young. You yeah. know, he's always played this kind of timid character. I mean, Ghostbusters 2, yeah. kind of Janosch. Yeah, you know. the, the, we've got the Dracula parody as the, well. Oh, the Dracula yeah. parody. I've always loved him and Bean as well. I mean, I know that's not a great movie, but he, he kind of plays this really nice dad against Rowan Atkinson's Mr. Bean. And so looking into the notes in the production of this, where like they'd, somebody had seen him on Broadway and was just like, you need to move to New York so you can become an actor. And then, like you said, they've just thrown him into this movie. Same with Caitlin Clark, uh, Valerian. I read in the notes that she said that she learned more in a couple of rehearsals with Ralph Richardson than well, she had in years of actually up acting up to that point. I can imagine so, because of all of his wealth of experience oh, he yeah. must have shared with these fresh young actors as well. I also find interesting that uh, Peter McNichol, uh, he uh, was very embarrassed about this film when it came out. Wow, really? So much so, I don't know if it's true, but right. apparently he removed this film from his CV when he was doing future auditions because he really didn't want to be attached to it. Maybe it was because it failed financially. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's ch you know changed his mind on the film after all these years. Well, I mean, but... he is the main lead as e well exactly, for the majority. Yeah. So if the film fails, then you know people might look at him and go, well, you can't carry this. But he plays his kind of young Luke Skywalker part all right. Yes. You yeah. know, because you get Ulrich going down with the delegation in the keep and they're all getting ready to go. And then we have John Hallam turn up, who plays Tyrion. Now, Tyrion is part of the King's Guard. That's right. Of the same land that Valerian comes from. And he doesn't believe that Ulrich can do what he does. No, I think he believes Ulrich can kill the dragon. But I don't think we find out here or maybe later in the film that Tyrion has been sent by the king to kill Ulrich because Ulrich will kill the dragon. Thus ending the the sort of the devil's deal that the king made with the dragon. That right. the dragon wouldn't burn down any more villages or harm anyone else so long as they sacrificed a virgin every summer solstice or something. I, I don't know. So, well, yeah, whenever the dragon But then again, that we also find out that many other, you know, warriors or soldiers or heroes have gone off on this adventure to kill the dragon. And every time they failed, the dragons got angry and burned whole villages but down. Anyway. So in order to prevent all that happening, kill the wizard that might kill the dragon yeah and and it's the fact that Ulrich says to Galen like here take this necklace put it into this uh put it in my sorcerer's room um go and find this uh dagger too and so Galen w runs all the way up there and he puts the necklace away and drops the, the dagger down 
And you realize at this point that actually the necklace was part of Ulrich's power. So when Tyrion stabbed him, because he, you know, Richardson kind of opens up his shirt and goes, God, I'll feel no pain. Stab me. You can't kill me. I'm magic. And then he gets stabbed. The knife is pulled out. And then he drops to the floor. And you're like, oh, fuck, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he killed off the Obi-Wan character, you know, the, the mentor character. Way that too is early. true, yeah, 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 I suppose, yeah. <laughs> Strike me down, become far more powerful, <laughs> yeah. technically. And uh, and then, well, then the, the journey is on to, uh, to still actually go and face the dragon because Galen decides to take upon his mentor's calling. Well, he, I mean, he goes around the room, doesn't he? They, they, they cremate the body and it turns into green fire and, and Hodge... Um, takes some of the ashes the magical ashes and galen comes across the necklace and realizes the the necklace amplifies his already latent magical powers i suppose the yeah. force i suppose if we're calling it well, we, yeah we find out because we find out that galen is i mean we've been told he has magic in him mm. but he's kind of not very good at it at no, all it's all juggling and party tricks and all that pretty kind of much yeah yeah and he's not he's yeah he, he fails at it mostly yeah we do get kind of the comical scene where he's you know he's playing with the egg as they're traveling and <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then he strips Hodge of his he backpack and then of his clothing. I think you're too warm. Stop it! Out of respect for the master. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And then I did like the reverse reverse film where all <laughs> yeah, of the clothes came back, back on. on. I was like. Go 81 graphics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Galen and, and Hodge catch up with Valerian's little group because um, the villagers there are so pissed off that Valerian would come up with this idea. and They've wasted all that time. Out, yeah, to reach out to Ulrich. And Galen says to him, like, no, I'll come with you. I'm going to defeat the dragon. My master has bestowed upon me this great power and I'm, I'm going to help you. And so they all stop for the night. Now, Caitlin Clark totally looks like a chick. A girl, a female, you know, unless, uh, unless obviously it's like fucking 500 AD, I suppose. <laughs> and you had to actually see her naked to actually go, oh, actually, she's not as ugly as Warty Sally over there by the fucking, <laughs> the well. She's actually probably one of the prettiest fucking boys in the whole of our village. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she does have quite a deep voice when she's uh, she does, playing, actually, playing this Valerian funny, character. Yeah. If you're rich enough, your name never goes in. My father is poor. So are a lot of fathers. But yeah, I mean, it's not until later where uh, she, she's swimming and Galen's like, oh, I'm just going to join you. And he dives in. <laughs> she's like, no, stop it. <laughs> yeah, you know, completely butt naked as he flies in. And then we get the side boob. Yeah. And then he, of course, panics and comes up to the surface. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll get out now. I totally didn't think you were a chick. And now I know you're a chick. And that's going to make things a little bit weird i suppose like well that would then begin their developing romance i suppose yeah. as well you know how these films go well it's like just finding out the princess leia is your sister i suppose it's a shocking revelation yeah um but he also gets this psychic kind of premonition much like ulrich had had and he sees hodge or he sees a group of soldiers coming to attack them and we realize that actually Tyrion has come back again with his guys and he's gonna he thinks hodge is the uh, the magic user, he doesn't realise it's Galen at that point. Yeah. And fucking hell, it leads into such another great comical scene <laughs> with Hodge. <laughs> Where Galen kind of races back to the, the encampment and Hodge has been shot by an arrow. So he's dying. And it's supposed to be really, really sad. But Sidney Bromley 
overacts like a <laughs> motherfucker. I don't know if it's intentional or he's just such having fun with it. I think so. I think a bit of both, absolutely. Yeah, he... The ashes! Throw the ashes! In water! In, what, in the burning river! What? What, now? No, not now, buddy! <laughs> You'll know when! What? Take the leak! Throw it in! Hodge, what are you doing with this? Buddy! Water! <laughs> it's great yeah, yeah bravo brilliant i was like no you've robbed me of his performance for the you, rest of the movie yeah it was so oh. sad but but galen and and valerian then make it to i think i think they're heading to erland or unland it definitely began with a u it's somewhere in north wales yeah I mean, that's where they filmed anyway that's, that's where they filmed anyway <laughs> but they come across the mountain and they're told that's the that's the dragon's exit or entrance yeah, because we'd seen a, a, a girl already being taken to it, hadn't That's we? Right, uh, yeah. To be sacrificed, and so you've got the crew there. Because, I mean, this is what, like, nearly the 20 or 30 minute point of the film, and mm. no dragon on screen yet. And so the all of the all of the sacrificial scene is all done with kind of POV from the dragon's perspective. So, like, the camera rising up yeah. in front of her. Yeah. We see her struggling with the restraints as she does manage to kind of break free yeah uh, but then we see the dragon tail and we see shadows and we hear the dragon's breath and and then she's engulfed in fire yeah so i was like okay you've you've teased the dragon but you've not given it to us yet and i don't think it's actually until like the 45 50 minute mark we really you get a good look it. at this thing yeah i mean well we do see a lot of i'd say good model work i did like the claw and i did like the tail because you take that out, you've got nothing other than POV shots, and yeah. that's going to lose my interest. At least if I see a claw, you're giving me a scale of how big exactly. this thing is going to be. Exactly, it was a tease as to what's to come. Yeah, you know? it's it's the old alien kind of thing, you know, yeah. where you just wait and wait. You see a bit, you see a creature, but you've not actually got to the alien until you know that past the halfway mark. Nearly. Yeah, and so when they when when Galen and the delegation get to the entrance, uh, Galen's just like, "Well, I want to see this thing," and so he goes inside the cave, doesn't he? and gets a bit scared comes yeah. running back out and he tries to i suppose he tries to just seal the entrance with a rock and instead causes a landslide <laughs> yeah which was a really cool fucking effect yeah all the slow-mo as the polystyrene rocks come flying down yeah well everybody had to jump out of the way but then when when it all settled down and he came out i it you know, weirdly enough, the set that they were on or just how location, they designed the location, location yeah. was just really huge. And seeing uh, Peter McNichol there, I'm still getting behind this Galen character. I'm like, okay, I know the movie's not over yet because it's an hour and 46, hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. I, I will say, I, I did actually lose a little bit of, um, I don't know, sort of... Interest? Interest in the Galen character because he was a bit... He was getting very cocky. He was getting very full of himself and sure of Don't himself. Don't get cocky, kid. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, you know, he's, he's becoming a bit of an ego maniac, really. Well, he really thinks he is going to be the next big wizard now. He's got all this power. He's just taking on dragon. I mean, I was, I was exactly. trying to... Exactly. And then there's the whole celebration, celebrating yeah. him that he's defeated the dragon because he brought the mountain down on it. I was trying but, to really get the interest about the background of his character. And it's funny, obviously, we keep making fun of Luke Skywalker but that's how I felt like how long has Galen lived with Ulrich for where the fuck did he come from mum well, and dad there was a, it, you know there was a uh, a comic book series I think that Marvel published around the film's release I think there was also uh, a novel that was released right, as well right 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 so bear with me I might be wrong okay but from what I recall was that uh, Galen always had magic 
And his kind of natural power was that animals were always drawn to him. Animals would always turn up around him. Right. So the parents took him to Ulrich to say, I think he's got magic. Can you help him? And Ulrich cast a spell that removed his magic. uh, And so the animals would no longer come around him. And this would pay off at the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, and it wouldn't be until Ulrich kind of has, has died or moved on that the, the spell, spell that he cast on Galen would be broken and so his magic would actually start to come back. That's what I remember from the book. That's but cool. It's, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that, like I said, that gives me some more interest. And like like said, yeah, he's getting a bit of an ego about him. But he has got this magic. He is the most probably powerful person in the whole of this fucking village at well, the moment. Yeah, because again, God. Like, I do like a bit of the world building here where we find out like magic and wizards and dragons are not in abundance anymore. Yes. They're all dying out. It's a world where magic is leaving. Yes. And uh, there's a great line that Ulrich says that uh, wizards and sorcerers created dragons. Yes. You know, there wouldn't be any dragons without sorcerers. So I was like... They're interconnected. They're they're part yeah, I of love that. you know. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if it weren't for sorcerers, there wouldn't be any dragons. Once the skies were dotted with them, magnificent horned backs, leathern wings, soaring. I'm like, yeah, all this little bit of world building. It's a, you don't need a little line here or there, but it it does so much when it's said so well. Well, the, the weird thing is, where I read in the notes was that they had utilized like Christianity as a backdrop for the story as well. So, the you know, with the dying of the dragons and the losing of sorcerers and magic and wizards, but it's being replaced by modern religion. day re- religion. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I didn't like that, if I have to admit, because for me, then it grounded the film in kind of a reality. Like, you could have used any religious artifacts to bring in, but you decided to bring in Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ and God, which is funny because the guy's the supreme being i actually didn't even think about that i just thought it as a great way to tie it into kind of we could say it's our own history you know and it's well, that, george and the dragon and, yeah well that's know. what i i also liked about it but i i didn't want that i want a dragon slayer like conan the barbarian i want it to be on its own i want to be yeah. able to sit there and watch it instead i see this guy holding a cross and a crucifix telling everybody that the the dragon comes from hell and it's actually the demon and that if they all pray they'll be able to defeat it and i'm like that motherfucker's gonna eat you because it's a dragon and you need <laughs> fucking magic to defeat it dumbass <laughs> um but at the celebration of the village uh caitlin clark valerian reveals herself to be a girl and everyone's like oh shit i should have done that with my daughter oh why did i kill all three of my daughters to the dragon but exactly that, that's when they find out that the dad was kind of smart and pretended his daughter was a yeah. boy so that she wouldn't be nominated to be a sacrifice to the dragon yeah but now they think the dragon's dead uh we can yeah. but it kind of it's like because the dad sits down next to the other dad and he's like yeah let's cherish the life and I, oh yeah sorry about all your daughters i probably shouldn't have brought that up really should i be I mean, sensitive is it just virgin girls they need to eat it seems to that way Can't yeah i mean we only have one well. demonstration so yeah. yeah i mean it's classic it's virgin girls right that's the well, way it's yeah done. it is the damsels <laughs> in distress and i suppose the, the the king maybe modified the rules because he's got a daughter and he didn't that's want right but the king himself king cassio Dios, calls upon galen to come and see him so Tyrion comes down there and we know the films the film kind of sells Tyrion as a bad guy but he doesn't do enough, I think, to really cement himself as the bad guy. He killed Hodge, so he's bad guy in my book. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. I get that. <laughs> but even like this bit, like they capture Galen and they take him to the castle. 
and Galen meets the king, uh, played by Peter Ear, and he kind of hams it up a bit. Like, he really hams up his, his, his sequence because he knows that Galen is magic, but he also knows that the magic only really comes from that. He necklace. realizes that soon after because he keeps playing with it when he's trying to do his magic. Yeah. And uh, eventually strips him of it. And, uh, and then there was a kind of a plot point that got kind of forgotten at this point in the movie because I kept thinking it would turn up. Right. Because Ulrich's just like, oh, I knew this grand wizard could turn things into gold. I yes. can never master it. Yeah. And then later on, after he's taken the amulet from Galen, he's there with his other guy and he's just like, yes, I'm going to turn this gold. into gold. Yeah. And fails. And I was like, oh, maybe that'll be Galen's final trick. He's going to turn the dragon into gold. Uh, but no, then no. after that, it you know, never comes up again. It felt like there were some, they'd written so much and they didn't know what to do. So they only filmed so much because like this part as well we we, we are uh, introduced to princess elspeth uh played by chloe salaman and yeah she's annoyed because it turns out that her dad has constructed the entire lottery of all the people in the land and has left her name specifically out and any other rich wealthy lords and ladies will have also had their daughters removed from the lottery so only the peasantry really oh, will yeah. suffer and i was like oh it's a but fun you, parallel you don't see enough of this land i mean in fairness we've only seen <laughs> one village one village <laughs> yeah and you know all working fucking galen lived miles and miles away so we don't know who else runs the fucking land and shit like that but she goes to, she finds out this information from Galen after he's been imprisoned in the cell, goes and confronts her dad. And the dragon at this point has escaped from the fucking avalanche of rocks and is severely fucking pissed off. So he starts doing flybys on the village and burning them to death. And then he starts to attack the castle, I suppose, and damages the castle enough. Now, Gary and I were discussing this before we turned the camera on. Now, the effects for the dragon are good once you start to see it in action but the flying stuff not so i i'm i'm going to go out and say that i think the the puppetry work in this film is freaking awesome yeah 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 it's the filmmaking techniques of the time At that the time, kind yeah. of make it look dated now because yeah. of the way it's superimposed into the film and and everything else but yeah, like Phil Tippett is an absolute legend in 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 puppetry and yeah. creature and monster effects and yeah. movies. Absolute absolute legend. And uh, Industrial Light and Magic had more than eighty people working on the creature. Yeah, they went through the molding, the sculptures, the design to this absolutely giant puppet that they constructed. People on pulleys and levers. Yeah, yeah. There was air bladders and electronics. There was also for this was the first movie as well that Phil Tippett helped to develop go motion yeah yeah which yeah is yeah. an evolution of stop motion yes yeah so that when we see the dragon crawling through the caves it's, it has a smooth motion it's yes. not janky oh, like on. we remember you know the old ray harryhausen type movie yeah. so the evolution of the art form here is amazing and yeah yeah i've got some behind the scenes photos here to to put up as well just to show the scale of some of this puppetry work you know including all some of them are like literally sock puppets with 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 the actors or the puppeteers underground especially for like the baby dragons yeah, yeah yeah but yeah the level of detail in this dragon is incredible and uh, they also said like i mean the dragon itself also has an amazing name it's called vermithrax pejorative 
Whoa. Which actually means the worm of Thrace, which makes things worse. Ah, I love it. <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin was so impressed with the dragon effects in this film that he went out on record and said that this dragon is the best dragon in cinematic history. So much so that he also named one of the dragons in Game of Thrones after this dragon. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That, that's, you have to. That's you legendary. Have to. That's legendary. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the effects where it's flying just aren't amazing. But it's... Not, 1981 it's more than four years old they've made a fucking model of this thing and then tried to superimpose it onto like real sky backdrop that's not cgi computer generated backdrop or a painting or anything like that that's actually somebody's filmed the sky of wales and then somebody has then tried to apply a giant fucking model of a dragon to the back of it so you can look at it and go eh but Watching it in motion, it does all of it, what it's supposed to. It hits its marks. It's burning the fucking uh, village. It helps destroy the castle to a point where Galen uh, gets out, finds a horse, goes on a fucking drive-by to escape and shit like that, and escapes from the king. But he heads to the village, and he hides along with Valerian and her father, and Tyrion's just like, you're going to help me find this guy because, you know, he's still loose. And so then Galen takes it upon himself to say, right, okay, I might not be able to fight it with magic. I want to try and kill it anyway. And so they construct him the dragon slayer. Yeah, it's just spear. quite big lance spear the thing. Lance yeah. thing. But he's like, yeah, but we, he also uh, tempers it with magic as well he to does, imbue yeah. it because he's like, it's not going to be strong enough to pierce the scales. Yeah. And uh, and Valerian also makes him um, a scale a, shield a to scale protect shield, him. Dragon shield. Yeah. Because oh. I should also mention they actually used World War Two military grade flamethrowers for the dragon fire effect. Wow, nice. Like, God damn. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the king has decided to hold another lottery, but his daughter has rigged it. And so every slate inside the bowl is her name. And so she's kind of willingly volunteering to be taken to the dragon. And so the king pulls Galen aside and says, mate, look, I don't want her to die. She's my daughter. And if, if I give you back your magical necklace, will you help us defeat the dragon? And by this point, I was just like, the movie is kind of dragging. But I'm not entirely sure where, you know, is it the added feature of the religious stuff with the villagers all wanting to be baptized and wanting to pray to the, the dragon, hope that it won't kill them or whatever. You know, is it that or is it this whole Galen, uh, Princess Esperf and Valerian kind of love triangle thing? Because, you know, in a way, you know, he's going to get with Valerian. They, that's that's who he's been on this journey with. So if he went with anything else, you would think he's a bit of a dick. Right. Well, I kind of do in some parts anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I also agree. I felt like the pacing... I, yeah, it's hard to quite pinpoint where. Yeah. But I would say the whole king and princess kind yeah. of story subplot, uh, which comes midpoint to late in the film, is yeah. what, for me, detracts from now wanting to see more dragon and see Galen be the dragon slayer yeah. and and develop the relationship with Larian. So yeah, this this side narrative that comes in, I think is a pacing issue, but the, the narrative, it does all build into each it other. It does, yeah, yeah. So, but it yeah, I do agree. Rolling. I think the film is, what, an hour and 40, 50 minutes long? For, and yeah, 40, it feels just yeah. a little bit too long for yeah. what it is. Because he does come up, Galen does come up to the dragon's entrance. He's got everything ready. They're about to sacrifice the princess. He pops in with uh, like a puff of smoke and the fucking man's like, no more smoke. Stop it. No, we don't like magic. Ah! Um, and he has to fight Tyrion before he can enter. Uh, because Tyrion 
Tyrion's been sent by the king to kill him, or he's just sick. He, no, he's uh, still trying to enforce to make sure the dragon doesn't go and burn down any more villages. So make sure oh, the sacrifice right. happens. Because yeah, because the king says to him, "You need to protect me," and he gets, and he says, "No, it comes to the castle or the throne yeah. first. So actually, no, I don't have to listen to you. And they they have this fight. I mean, um, I'm trying to work out what other fights I've seen that have been just maybe Beastmaster. <laughs> maybe it's up there with Beastmaster. Because John Hallam, you know, he he's, he's an actor, good actor. <laughs> like, he was in Life Force. And I, I'm sure I've seen him in a, a number of other British kind of productions, but not as a major lead. Like he is with Tyrion, he is a background character. And so he's not exactly trained in, you know, fucking sword work or whatnot, yeah. you know, martial arts. And the same with Peter McNichol. This is his first movie. So I reckon the two of them just kind of were just on set, like practicing, you know, <laughs> you do this and I'll do that. And then we'll get the camera to work around or, or whatnot. Because yeah. him trying to fucking weld that dragon spear as a weapon. It's not very convincing. No. <laughs> we still wins. He does. He stabs him right through the sacrificial post. Because the princess has decided that she's just going to go into the cave. Fucking Galen tells her to run. And then he tells her to not that way. Because <laughs> she's like, I want to go and see the dragon. I uh, I mean, well, she dies. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, Which was a surprise. Exactly. And then I was just like, now this, I mean, we've already had side boob and we've had bare buttocks. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and now I was like, I, I cannot believe I am seeing this, but a Disney princess mm. is currently being devoured by dragons. And we're seeing her foot getting gnawed off by a baby dragon. I was like, this is a Disney movie. They push it a little bit too far for the kids in this one, definitely. I think that possibly is one of the reasons why the film didn't do very well at the box office. Yeah. Because they were aiming for kids, but the film has some very dark material in it. But I'm like, but that's a time, like, like kids' movies were darker and edgier and riskier Yeah, but this 80s. is no Willow. No. Nowhere near as kid-friendly as Willow. And it's true. Like, they should have... If they wanted to set, like, I, I kept thinking, wow, this would go up nicely with Conan the Barbarian if you just pushed the violence just a little bit. You know, if you did show not just a side boob, but maybe a nipple, sort of dads could go, hey, son, you want to watch Dragon Slayer again? <laughs> you know, your mum's in town. Um, but yeah, these baby dragon things, I, I wasn't too sure on the models, but I did like the addition to that because it made me think, right, he's going to kill them. And when he does kill them, the dragon's going to be fucking Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, they had uh, an interesting sort of uh, development when they were building these baby dragons because they were like, we're killing babies in the movie. So, like, and baby things, they've got like big eyes and stuff. So, like, how do we stop the audience feeling sympathetic <laughs> for these dragons? <laughs> yeah. So, they made their eyes really small. They gave them horns and yeah. brows and tried to make them look ugly so that you wouldn't feel bad when he kills these babies. Well, it made, made it also understand as well why they needed so many virgins if the dragon was trying to feed it young. True, yeah, yeah. I still don't understand why it had to be virgin females, but hey, we're looking too far into Classical. it. Classical. Yeah. Uh, Galen <laughs> enters into the the dragon's cave at this point and it's fucking epic yeah like the for, whole sequence yeah the whole ending of this movie you know from the moment he enters in there with the lake of fire and the shield he's got and he's got his hat and he's got his spear and he's ready to fight peter mcnichol you know say what you want about how his acting career went or whatever but this movie he really fucking sells and the the, the model work for the dragon is well in a way like, I know Smog is really good because it's CGI dragon. This one just might top him. 
just because of the way he looks, when the camera's on him, the way he moves around the castle, how realistic he kind of moves as well. For a fucking giant, huge model dragon. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, the way it fucking breathes the fire on the dragon scales. And I'm sat there going, ah, it won't work. It's dragon scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he ends up impaling the dragon in the neck. And, yeah. and then we see the dragon pulling it out as it's trying to get away. It's still breathing fire. And it ends up escaping them. Ends up escaping and flying fucking, away. Doesn't he do that fucking leap onto it? That's from right, from above. Yeah. Oh, it was epic. And there was <laughs> a, like, you, you don't see him a lot, but just enough that you can see yeah. his model there's, Yeah, There's around. some kind of funny effect where, you know, we, we cut to the wide shot and we yeah. can see him being thrown around as he's still holding on for dear life. Yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> and then Valer I was really surprised because Valerian comes along and she finds the shield and she finds the broken spear and, it, and she pulls over Galen who's lying on the floor and he's like, it's still alive. I was like, oh, fucking hell movie. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> but then, yeah, he, he ends up confessing that he loves her. Well, he already had done and they yeah. had their first kiss and she's yeah, like, no, yeah. let's just get out of here. You don't have to go and face this dragon. Yeah. You're going to die. And he's like, no, I lived as well. But yeah, then it's time for round two. And that's when he gets the uh, the vision or the idea that the burning lake yes. is where he needs to take the ashes of yep. Ulrich, which he then goes and does, and boom, we get the Force Ghost. <laughs> Ulrich returns. <laughs> Ulrich returns. He's like, all right, my boy, you need to take that magical amulet, and you need to destroy it, but only when you know the time is right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Vague>. <laughs> like, now? No, not now. I've got to be in at least a close <laughs> vicinity to the dragon. I'm like... Fucking just fucking tell him, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I love the shot of the dragon on top of the mountain top. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then Ulrich ends up there. There's a there's an eclipse going on. Yeah, where the know? fuck did the eclipse go? I don't know when yeah. the moon's coming up from underneath. I'm like, wait a minute, the how's the solar system lying up? It's definitely like, not ours. Is this intertwined with the dragon for some point? Or mm -hmm. like is it just to make this final battle even cooler? Because yeah, fucking Ulrich and the dragon start going at it. The dragon's flying past, burning, you know, shooting wafts of fire at him. And he's kind of doing a whole Gandalf kind of like, I'm the keeper of the fire type thing. Yeah. Which I was just like, I'm totally behind this. This, Hell like, yeah. all this fantasy sham completely. And I kind of hoped, because Valerian and Galen race up to the mountain and they, they can see Ulrich fighting the dragon. And the dragon's kind of getting a bit of the upper hand. And he, he puts the crystal like on this rock and Valerian's just like we need to destroy it now and he's like no no wait 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 oh, the man. time's not right I'm thinking man if he hits that if, he, if Ulrich explodes that'd be so cool <laughs> but that'd be really stupid like oh. you know just like it, it would be like this is a force ghost kind of magical wizard if he just explodes like a suicide bomber <laughs> I'd be like you know, imagine if that had happened in Star Wars, where like yeah. Obi Wan makes his way all the way to the middle of the Death Star and then just fucking explodes. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. But that's exactly what happens. And I was like, is. yes! But he's got to wait until Ulrich gets scooped up by the dragon and Did the dragon's he? flying away with him. Did he? Well, yeah, because he needs the to be... The dragon came down at some point so close that he could have just exploded and blown. Yeah, but it's a risk. He may it have is. missed. Yeah, that may is have missed. And also it goes in hand with the whole wizard sorcerers made the dragons that they're part and parcel. Yes. You know, so maybe that's the last wizard and the last dragon. So they go out together in a huge <laughs> fireball and they crash down into the ground. 
And then the king turns up, plunges his sword into the remains and went, I killed the dragon. Yeah. And everyone went, praise God. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and then uh, and then Galen and Valerian appeared somewhere in Scotland in the Isle of Skye and uh, and then he wishes for a horse. Boom, white horse. I figured he was heading back to the keep. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, back to the magic keep. And I figured as well that maybe now that he destroyed the, the necklace, because I hadn't read the book or know about the magnetism to animals and shit, that by defeating or by destroying the crystal, Ulrich being killed, he still had a bit of magic in him, so he kind of yeah he's, he'll be the wax wizard, animal. or his magic will now start to form yeah. fully. So. But yeah, the ending was the ending was sweet. Right? It was, yeah. yeah, it really was. Well, Ian, what were your favourite scenes from Dragon Slayer? Oh man, I, I I had a few, but I will say, like I said, the religious stuff I think could have just been properly cut out. I really didn't like that bit, especially the fucking ending where they were like, "Hey, praise God," and the king's like, "Yeah, I killed the dragon." I'm like. Fuck you all. Didn't you see the wizard, dude? <laughs> fucking Ralph Richardson was absolutely fucking ace. And his description at the beginning, like you said, about the law of dragons and sorcerers and magic in the land and all this stuff just sold it to me. I was I was in this world with him, his little hat, you know, <laughs> and then he died and I was like, fuck. Taken too soon. Yeah. Hodge being killed by Tyrion. Um, and then having his moment with Galen, it was just so funny. He's just so <laughs> over the top. Here, fire lake with the ashes. Fire! I'm like, man, you're supposed to be dying. <laughs> yeah, dying. Um, heating the dragon spear, you know, using the magic to light up. I really liked that effect. You know, I thought sometimes when you see it in movies, that can be too colorized or whatever, mm -hmm. too bright, and you're like, oh, I can't look at it. But this was just enough that you know the the blacksmith was like, hey, this is hot and Galen's like, no, I need it hotter. And it makes the fucking thing light up. And then they're banging it again already. You know, <laughs> it's just like, ready to go. I mean, like you said, the whole final fight sequence, from the moment he the moment he kills Tyrion and stabs him in the gut, and then he's into the cave and he finds the princess's body, then there's that whole fight sequence with the dragon. And the dragon model work just looks fucking beautiful as fuck. And Ulrich turning up again. And the whole drive-by flying, exploding dragon sequence. Yes. Yeah. I think you've literally uh, just listed I'm all sure my favourite scenes some, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the dragon sacrifice scene. I mean, I, nice. I, I, I like a good old classic virgin sacrifice as much as the next guy. I said, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you should have that on record, mate. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But, uh... Good scene. <laughs> I mean, going back to, uh, I mean, how many, I don't know how many times we brought up Star Wars in this review. Yeah, yeah. However, did you realize that the, the priest who goes to the fire or looks into the hole and then screams at the dragon? You recognize that guy? I kind That's of good did. old Emperor Palpatine. I thought so. <laughs> I was just, and it was really funny as well because he's the guy who gets flamed. And yes. he has that quick shot of a burned man. <laughs> yeah, and, just and thump, I was thump. just like, I know you from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great, Palpatine. great, great moment. Yeah, he was great. Be thou consumed by the I, 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 I keep going back to it, but, you know, watching a Disney princess get eaten by baby dragons. Yeah. You know, you just never thought you'd see the day. And here we have Dragon Slayer. 
<laughs> Ian, do you recommend the movie? I do wholly recommend Dragon Slayer, uh, but only if you're into, obviously, sword and sorcery and fantasy and you've got an hour and 50 minutes because it's pretty damn long. They could have uh, cut the religious stuff and they would have still had a pretty sweet movie involving a king, a princess, a, a, a village girl who's been hidden, a local fucking magic, magical boy, dragons and wizards. It just, it's got everything. I could easily, if I had it on a Sunday afternoon, you know, just before or even during or after a fucking Sunday roast, you know, and I'm sat there and I'm just chilling. Maybe a little bit more side boob. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Loads of dragon shots. Absolutely love it. Love it. Do not tell me it's a fucking wyvern. If you bring that shit to me, it's a, it's a fire-breathing reptile. Oh, I'm certainly recommending Dragon Slayer, as this film deserves to be seen. It's a wonderful sword and sorcery fantasy film that took risks and it delivered one of the greatest cinematic dragons in film history. Vermithrax Pejorative is an absolute beast, a real work of art that still looks impressive today. Thanks to Phil Tippett and all the crew that puppeted it, it's fantastic and worth watching just for those effects. Yeah, some of the filmmaking process looks very dated now, the obvious edges and matted lines and different colours and shadows, but it's fine when the animation in detail is so rich. The production design is on par too, with great costumes, sets and props, all helping to create a believable looking medieval history with awesome locations and stunning cinematography. And the score by Alex North really helps build the tension. It's a very memorable and it's uplifting when it's needed. The cast were all great, combining fresh young actors with talented legends of cinema. Not a bad performance anywhere, really. My only complaint, as Ian said, would be the pacing, as I think it could have done with being maybe 10 to 15 minutes shorter in runtime, and the King and Princess storyline may be a bit that dragged for me the most. Other than that, very enjoyable, highly entertaining, and a real cult classic, with one of the best dragons in cinema. Give this a watch. When dragons were real. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. <laughs>